Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath, I'm here with Donald. Hello. And we're joined by some folks here in the church. <laughs> ah, this is our last ever Questions of Life on a Wednesday evening. And so we are rounding our sessions up by looking at what next. Where do we all go from here? Enjoy our conversation. It wouldn't be questions of life if I didn't have a little quiz for you. You know, some weeks I like to humiliate you in lots of different ways. Some weeks. Some weeks. So I've got a questions of life quiz for you. Mm -hmm. So there's two main questions with a few follow-up questions, okay? Your first question is this. How many episodes have we done of questions of life? So ignore the fact that when we first started out, you made the you Wednesday night into sessions parts. into three parts. So ignore that. So how many actual Questions of life sessions have we done during this? Started time? at Easter. What, yep. How far are we from Easter? I would go 50 odd. 50 odd? 50 how many? <laughs> 53. <laughs> 57. Oh, that close. was a good guess, though. That's very good. So we've done 57 of these. I've only done 56 because there's one I wasn't at. So you've oh, done 57. Oh, gosh. And that was the most popular. No, it's not. So <laughs> we do have a question about that. What do you think are the top three most watched episodes of Questions of Life? I would go, I would guess stories about racism. Okay. Social media. Okay. I don't know what the other one would be. Probably suffering. In third place, mm -hmm. it is racism. Mm -hmm. Only in third. 252 views. Second place, self-esteem which we did with uh, Sam and Lindsay. That right, has yes. 320 views. The winner by six views is your one on Revelation. Really? I know, I was shocked. I wanted a recount. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's been watching your one on Revelation? That's the most popular. Wow. Yeah. So my follow-up questions, which session did you enjoy the most? I mean, you look like you've not enjoyed any of them, to be fair, but if there was, like, one, one moment looking back. I don't know about enjoy. I think the most significant and the most profound ones were the ones with other people. So that evening uh, around stories of racism with Paulette and mm -hmm. Velma, I think that was... I can't say I enjoyed it, but I thought that was the most worthwhile thing that we, we did. Uh, and I think the one on social media, and I think the one on self-esteem. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've enjoyed nothing personal, but I don't think I've enjoyed particularly any of the ones where it's just you and me, because it, it. I think I've enjoyed hearing other people's answers that are far better than my answers. Great. <laughs> okay. I think we could just run the self-esteem video now because I need a little bit of that, but that's fine. Well, I'm okay, yeah. Fine. Right, well, that's just completely thrown me. Thanks for that. I would like to say that I've really enjoyed doing questions of life. I think for me, it's been a real privilege to be able to ask you questions, to pick your mind, to listen to your wisdom. I think people have learned far more about you than perhaps they ever knew, which is fantastic. And just to say, last Wednesday night, we didn't have questions of life, but you made it to Wembley, didn't you? I did. And there was a picture of you smiling at Wembley, yep. which is unheard of. Yeah. So you got to see the best game. In, yeah, it's for the semi-final, yeah, we were there. Yes. I hadn't lost my tickets, it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. 
So we want to kind of finish things off tonight. I mean, you're very keen to finish it. Can I just off. say that yeah. I didn't know I was going to get tickets till the Monday. We didn't not do Questions of Life because I planned to have some holiday there, and that was the reason we didn't do Questions of Life. It wasn't football that stopped Questions of Life. Really? Yeah, absolutely. That's not what you told me. You're like, I've got tickets. We can't do it. Stitched me. No, you didn't. It's true. You had the week booked off because it was the football. Anyway. So we've come to the end of Questions of Life. Mm. I'm sad you're happy. Uh, I do like all the face-to-face -face stuff, don't get me wrong, but I think you've been exceptional at this, and I think it's been really, really helpful. Um, and lots of different folks have watched this in lots of different places. You know, there have been some people that have been just dipping their toe into Christianity. And as we've gone through the sessions, they've moved a little bit further into wanting to find out more and perhaps to become a Christian. There have been some people that were quite actively searching and have become Christians. There are some people that were Christians and have gone deeper in their faith. There were others that maybe had kind of wandered off the path and are making their way back, which is really, really exciting. And so to kind of bring it all together, I thought it would be really good for us to look at maybe each of those groups of people and to begin to explore, actually, what next? How do we go on from this point? We've been on this journey, we've been discovering, we've been asking questions, we've been hearing a lot of scripture and a lot of practical advice. But how can we encourage and help people to go on from this place? So if we take it perhaps group by group, uh, and we'll go through it. So if we look at maybe the first group of people, a group of people that perhaps weren't that interested in Christianity at the beginning, were just dipping their toe in. But actually, as we've begun to go through, they've become more interested. I think, well, how do I go on from here? You know, how do I become a Christian? What are the steps for me? What are the next steps for those people that have thought, yeah, you know, I wasn't that interested, but I am becoming more interested. What would you say to that group of people? Uh, how do I become a Christian? Yeah. I think... Uh For me, the easiest way is I often talk about ABC, and I find it helpful to, to use that analogy. So, the, 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 and let me go back a stage. The fundamental problem that humanity has, I think, is how do we understand that God loves us and at the same time that he doesn't like what we do? And most human beings can't get their head around those two things. So, we either try and say God does like what we do and or that we don't do anything wrong, or we feel God doesn't love us. And the, 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 the really significant thing is to come to terms with the idea that God loves us at the same time as he's not happy with what we do. And we were discussing how I might just illustrate that and explain that. So if you have a dog, if you have a puppy, you will love that puppy but you will not like the little mess that it leaves on the carpet as it's learning to to be house trained. If we, in most good relationships, you will love someone and at the same time, there will be times when they upset you or anger you. And very often in dysfunctional relationships, we don't know how to hold those two things together. How do I love someone and yet not be happy with what they do? Real love learns to hold those two things together. So we have to understand that God deeply, deeply loves us. But he doesn't like the way humanity behaves. And that, to me, is the nub of what all religions are trying to un un uncover. And to get to the root of that, 
I believe you come to the point where you go, Jesus, is God coming to earth because he loves me? God coming to earth and telling me what I'm doing wrong in my life because he doesn't like the selfishness, he doesn't like the, the damage that humanity is causing. And God is showing me what I can do about the things that are wrong in my life. So that leads me to my ABC. So my A is, to become a Christian, the first thing is to admit, to say, I don't do the right things. I leave a mess on the carpet. Not literally, but <laughs> not good anymore know, anyway. Good to know. But that I am selfish and that I don't live the way God has intended humanity to live. That, I'm, that, that, that The biblical word is sin, the stuff in my life. So my A is to admit. I don't think there's any way forward in life than to admit. It's the opposite of pride. It's humility. It's not blaming other people. It's not excusing my sin. It's not saying I haven't done anything wrong. It's not saying it's everybody else's fault. It's saying I act selfishly. Mm -hmm. There are times when I'm angry and it's hurtful. There are times when I use words and it's damaging. There's times when I leave things and ignore people who I shouldn't ignore. So my A is to admit. And to admit that I'm never going to be good enough to be in heaven. That if I live this way in heaven, heaven isn't going to be heaven. That God shouldn't let me into heaven. So my A is to admit that left to my own devices, I should be excluded from heaven. Which takes me on to my B, which is to believe. And to believe that Jesus has come to show me that he loves me but not what I do. And that on the cross, he is offering forgiveness. He is offering salvation. He's offering a new way of living. So I believe that God loves me. I believe that Jesus is my Lord. I believe that I am to follow him. I am to copy him. I am to live his way. So how do I become a Christian? I admit that I need God. And I believe that he loves me and I believe that he's Lord. I believe his way of life is the best. I believe in Jesus. There's no other way of being a Christian than to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the C is to commit or to choose. And I choose the way of Jesus. I choose to follow him. I choose to receive his forgiveness. I choose to place all the rubbish in my life on Jesus. I choose church. I choose Christians. I choose a life of seeking to copy and follow Jesus. And that's what a Christian is. You admit that you stuff up. You believe that God loves you and that Jesus has died in our place and that Jesus alone is the representation of God and alone is the way of, of forgiveness. And I choose that. And when we respond to God, we sometimes talk about just saying a prayer in, in, in response to that. For some people, and I would say for most people, there isn't this miraculous conversion feeling kind of all oh, my whole life has changed I now see everything uh, differently it, it's a gradual thing isn't it that if somebody is like I think I've prayed a prayer to want to know God and to become a Christian but I don't feel different what would you say to someone in that situation I think God has made us all different shapes and sizes some of us are very emotional people some of us are very um, um, whatever the opposite of emotional is. Um, 
and we know don't, don't compare yourself to each other. So if you go back to my analogy with a puppy, mm -hmm. uh, the first thing is to say, God loves us. Mm -hmm. He wants us to follow him. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, if I just say to God, Lord, I'm sorry, will, can, will you have me? He's going to say yes, because he loves me. And I know that because Jesus is an historical figure who's come and was beyond doubt lived, beyond doubt died, and beyond my own doubts rose again. And that his message is that God loves me. It's not what I feel, it's the truth of Jesus. So if I come to, to Jesus and say, Lord, will you, will you have me? He's gonna say yes, because that's who he is. Mm. Um, for some of us, it will be something that we feel. For others of us, it will be something that we know. Mm -hmm. What really matters is the, the, the truth of Jesus, not my feelings. Um, I don't know, it's a bit pushing. Going back to my puppy, it doesn't matter whether my puppy feels that I love them or not. It doesn't matter whether my puppy knows that I love. The truth is that I do want a puppy or whatever I do want a dog or a, whatever it is, cat, whatever, I've chosen that. And I will train and put up with the difficulty until they sort it out. And that's the point, that God has come to save us. He hasn't come to reject us, he's come to save us. He hasn't come to condemn us, he's come to save us. That's an historical fact in my view. And I now just trust that. And whether I feel it or not, doesn't matter. He loves me, he's died for me. And he says, if you come to me, I will never ever turn you away. So that's the bottom line, isn't it, in all of this, that we are loved. Mm. And then it's not about us feeling good enough or that we've earned it, because we're never gonna get there, no. but that we are loved. And in those moments, it's about looking to the cross. And I say this often, that's why I've got a cross tattoo. It reminds me, it's not about me, reminds me that I'm loved because I look at Jesus on the cross and I see his love for the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God gave us Jesus because he loves us. God wants nothing more than for us to respond to his invitation to come. Mm -hmm. So if we feel unworthy or guilty or not good enough, we need to just look at the cross and say, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And because of Jesus, we can respond to that invitation. We admit, I've done stuff wrong. But the invitation is there, and we can respond to it. And I just feel I'm re-emphasizing. It's the A and the B. It's to admit and believe. You can't believe without admitting. It's no good, you, the dog saying, there's nothing wrong with me messing the carpet. Yeah. Because that dog is untrainable. Yeah. And that dog can't be resolved. But you can train... A, a, you know, you can train that out because it wants to be a, please its mm. master. And that's mm. how it is with us. We want to please God. We admit that we own up, we mess up. We believe that he loves us. The two come together and we're transformed. Admit, believe, admit, believe, and we ch we're changed. There's no salvation without admitting. There's no salvation without believing. We, come, we bring the two together. And there's nothing that we can ever do that will get in the way of if we admit and if we believe that we won't be accepted in. Yeah, there's a brilliant video. Are you showing this on Sunday or did you show it last Sunday? There's a brilliant video you're going to show this Sunday, isn't there? The, the thief on the cross tells us that it's, it's just crying out to God and mm. he saves us. Mm. 
Absolutely. Now, I've had a few messages in. You'll be pleased to know. Joy Taylor hasn't yet got in touch, which is a relief to everybody. Oh, I um, know. Let Joy. You want Joy? Joy, send us a message, Joy. Okay. Oh, Paul has just sent us a message, so it might be there. Oh, it is Joy Taylor. Hey, Joy. <laughs> Great. Right, let me do these and then we'll come to that. Steve Evans has yep. sent two in. Oh. So he's two ahead, Kath. I'm just putting it out there. He says, good evening, both. It's been uh, a pleasure watching you do questions of life over the past few months. If you could do anything differently with questions of life, what would it be? And then what have... Oh, we've all learnt a lot from questions of life. What have you guys learnt from all of this? I think what I've learnt is that, you know, you've not enjoyed it, you don't want to be here with me, and that it's just rubbish, and that's been really helpful, thank you. No, I didn't say it was rubbish. Thanks. What I don't no, enjoy... Let's just be clear about it. What I don't enjoy is being a sole authority. I find that... I, I enjoy it when there are other voices because I just feel uncomfortable that people just listen to me. And I enjoy it when you contribute and you put things that I haven't said. I don't like it all being about me. And I'm glad that that's finishing. Okay, so what that have you learned? Sense? So you've learned that you don't like being the sole authority. Uh, what would I do? Uh, what was the other and what part? What would you do differently? What would I do differently? Um, I don't know. I don't think there's any other way. I don't know. What would I do differently? We wouldn't have done fasting, would we? <laughs> <laughs> I would have discovered that I, know, that I didn't know anything about fasting before we did it. That talk. <laughs> That was the worst. Soupgate that was, was the not worst a great moment. We've ever done. That was when I had to read the contents page of a book. Do you remember? It was <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen it, go and look back at the one on fasting because it's a car crash. It is awful. Because the, basically, because you knew more, far, far more about it, and I, it revealed had been not fasting properly for years, all my life. I'd assumed that you knew what you were talking about as well. That's always that's been the, the fundamental thing, problem. Isn't it? See, that's worried yeah. me all yeah. the way through that sooner or later that it would happen and it happened. See, I normally do lots of research for all of these things. I'd just like it to be known that I do know the answers to the questions that I'm asking. And lots of people think that I don't know and that I'm asking you on my behalf. Hmm. I do know, we do like talk about it and I do research it well just to make sure I can chip in the right questions. That one, I didn't do much research because I thought it's simple and straightforward. I do, I think also, I think there are times when I have been more dogmatic than I should have been and dismisses of things I didn't agree with than I should have been and I regret that and I regret where that's caused hurt. I think one of the truths about our church is that we hold lots of different people with lots of different views. I mean, we all agree on the, on the, on the basics, but I think that's a strength of our church. I think the very fact that you may have one opinion and somebody else might think something differently we can hold those tensions. We talk about them in love and, and, and t together we, we move forward. And I think that's the strength of our church. Mm. I think that's really good. And we hold people like Joy Taylor, which I do believe is a miracle of the Lord. I love Joy. I've missed Joy. I've missed Joy. Joy normally comes to church on a Sunday with a, with a joke that isn't appropriate for church, I have to say. Um, so this is Joy. I haven't read this, so bear with me. It could be inappropriate. Uh, long time no see. I have learned through the pandemic that no matter how much I think I've got everything right, I haven't. But no matter what, God loves me. Mm. If we, I, confess my sins, he is faithful and cleanses us, me, 
from all unrighteousness. My mood can swing this way or that, but God never changes, and I find that very comforting. When I go to bed and can lie in the dark, I feel safe and alone with God. It's so liberating that I can tell him my darkest thoughts and feelings, and he loves me still. By the way, do our pets get to heaven? (laughs) (laughs) And do you think there is a dog and cat flap in the pearly gates? (laughs) Okay. Let me say two things. Firstly, the the first part of that text is what I love about all we've done on live streams, what we'll continue to do on Sunday at 8.30, is hearing people's real stories, testimonies, far more powerful than me. And Joy's stuff on that is absolutely brilliant. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to go for the thing on the second Ruben, question. Ruben, be ready. Uh, we started with my dog being here. Um, I lost my dog last week. Not that I lost her; she died, uh, which upset me greatly. Mm. But Joy, I still don't know whether I will meet my dog in heaven. But it's okay because she was a wonderful dog, and I'm thankful for her. And my joy in heaven will not be diminished whether I see her again or not. We loved Shrade. She was a she good was a old girl. She was a very special dog. Absolutely. But she was 16 and it came to the end. And at some point you will look at perhaps training something That's else. why I've got this puppy thing yes, in my I head. Know, that was the reason for that. I that I will, I will love another dog and yet mm. be cross with it. Yes, yes, yes. Brilliant. Well done. Another question, which leads us on to the next group of people. So, do you think, oh, I can't read, do you think those that have been uh, dipping their toes may find having to physically go to church or into a church building rather than watching online has an impact on whether they move forward in their faith or make a commitment? Yeah, I think, I mean, we're just thinking a lot about returning and I, I, I've just been recording a video that will go out this weekend and just round about that subject. We're, we're all in different places and there are some of us that are gonna feel very fearful about returning for a long, long time. And, I, and we understand that and we wanna hold each other through that. And there are some of us that are absolutely desperate to get back. But the bottom line, and I, I am convinced of this, and I, I need to tell you how so it's carefully, the bottom line is I think God has created us to, to need to be in the room with people mm-hmm. and that a screen is only second best. Or, mm-hmm. and, and for some of us, our anxiety and our need to shield and, and the hurts that we've experienced means that for the time being, we're receiving stuff through a screen. And that's okay. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think God wants to gently help us bit by bit get back to seeing people face to face which is what I will will be doing in September in small groups here and people will be asking all these questions face to face mm. and we're, we, we need relationships and the screen can't adequately give us relationship. It's, it's, it's second best. So yes, there are gonna be people that are fearful. There's gonna be people who are not gonna feel able to come for some weeks or maybe months. And that's okay. I don't want for anyone to feel um, 
blamed or second mm. best for that. Mm. Um, and I'm, you know, we, you've always teased me that I'm not very relational. I don't want to be hugged, and that I and I do find social gatherings difficult. But under, under but all of that, it doesn't negate. Eye-to-eye -eye contact with people, smiling at people, listening to people in the room is really precious and will always outdo the screen. Um, I think one of the things we found is that for some people that have been dipping their toes in and have been thinking about Christianity, being able to watch it on a screen has been a good first step because sometimes it's quite scary uh, thinking about coming into a church yeah. full of weird Christians doing weird things. Now, we're not a weird church doing lots of weird things, but there is that perception that I don't know if I can face that. So in some ways, that's, that's helped. That's been a blessing that, that God has used the screens and live streams and everything else to help people to begin to get a sense of, okay, I'm getting some teaching and I'm learning. But I think you're, you're right. There has to come a point when we have to bite the bullet if you like. I mean, if COVID wasn't here, we'd be saying that, you know, come and join us on a Sunday. And part of our church is to have different contexts. So some people need to be, be anonymously, quietly part of a crowd. We will have services where nobody will know that you're new because we have so many people. Others need to be in a smaller group that doesn't feel so big. Mm -hmm. And we have other aspects. Our 830 is a smaller group of people. So hopefully there's something for everyone. And Wednesday night will be a small group of people. There's something for everyone. If you need to just melt into the background, then there are services where you can do that. If you if you need to be in a smaller group, there are services that, that do that. If you do need to watch things online and and just test us out, you can. That will continue as well. All of that is part of the mix. But at the end of the day, we need relationship. Um, I, I've been very influenced by some Christian stuff that just looks at the fact that when you that the, the babies that are born into orphanages and maybe for, for the first 18 months of their life are in a cot amongst a load of other kids and different helpers come in and feed them. Those children grow up with a lot of dysfunctions because God has made us to need eye contact, to need significant, stable committed relationships we don't work well at a distance and I think we need to try and get back to that and recover that for all of us whether that's just people coming into our home and sitting down and saying how are you can I pray with you let me listen to what's going on or whether it's coming and meeting people here or whatever it is we need to, to get rid of isolation isolation is a killer mm -hmm. And I think there's also benefits of, say, coming to the Alpha course, which we'll talk about in a bit. And you realise that you're not the only person asking questions, that you're not the odd one out, or you come to church and you realise, actually, there's lots more people that are here than I thought, and they all seem kind of normal. But also being in a probably a church service, I think there's something very powerful, particularly in the sung worship, when you're with other people who are singing their hearts out in response to God, there is something supernatural that happens at times in those moments that enable us to focus on and connect with God in perhaps ways that we can do 
up to a point, listening to worship at home or watching a screen, but there's something about being in the moment with other people, mm. uh, I think is very, very powerful. So I would encourage people when they're ready to come and join us and recognizing that for some they may have long-term health issues, that they may not be able to come yeah. back to church and that's okay. Yeah. And we work hard at supporting and caring for, we have our 8.30 live stream that they can join in with and watch and things. I think we've, we've broken the um, online barrier now, haven't we? We can't, the cat's out of the bag, we can't go back. Mm. So we will be going forward with that. Mm. I've had some more messages. This one might make you cry. Joy Taylor has been in touch again. Um, I'm so sorry you've lost your friend. And she says, I hope she's in heaven getting lots of treats off the Lord. Love Joy. Bless her. Um, so Joy Sell, love your questions, Kath, and I think Donald is amazing how he answers all of them. I'm so sorry you've lost your dog, Donald. I've been through that many times. I'm another Joy who is hoping dogs go to heaven. So do I. My little Mabel with Jesus in heaven. Moving on. Okay, so we have looked at those that have been dipping their toes in and have wanted to move towards uh, becoming a Christian. Let's look at those that are new to the faith, that have become a Christian. What would your top tips and advice be for them? What, what is next? How do you move on from that initial bright of become a Christian? What are some of the structures and the things in place? Uh, top tips would be develop a pattern of meeting with God in talking to him honestly, in prayer, develop a little uh, rhythm to, to praying where you start with your admitting. You, you go through and say, Lord, I'm sorry I did this, I'm sorry I've done that. You use some gratitude, you give thanks to God for what you're, cons you're grateful for. You talk to him about what you're worried about, what you are concerned for, and you ask his help and you ask him to intervene in the situations you want him to intervene. My first top tip would be to have a pattern of prayer every day. And then to link into that is to have a pattern of letting scripture speak to you. Just going back to the pattern of prayer, people do that differently. So mm. are you talking about the pattern being setting aside a specific time of prayer? Or are you talking about that could be a continual conversation throughout the day? Will that look differently for different people? I think it does. It, uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the sort of legalistic. This is the way to do it because we're all different. I happen to write, uh, and uh, I do stuff when I'm walking. I don't write when I walk, so I've got two different methods. Uh, we're all different. I just think it's saying that in the day, mm -hmm. whether it's continuous, whether it's there is a time when I admit, mm -hmm. when I am grateful. Mm -hmm when I talk about how I'm feeling and when I ask. Mm -hmm. And those four elements, I think, are really important daily. And how much of the asking is about you and how much of it is about other people, other situations? Are we just concentrating on, on us or should we be broader looking if you look at the Lord's Prayer and things like that? How does that all fit together? So I think we ask for the resources and the strength to be a blessing to other people. Um, so I'll 
one of my, my third top tip, which we haven't got to, is about how you seek to love other people. And so that feeds the way you pray. So your prayers are out of love for other people. So it might be, Lord, help me to be more patient because that's more loving. Lord, help me to be more generous because that's more loving. Lord, help me to forgive because that's more loving. Or it may be, Lord, will you heal this person? Will you guide this person? Will you strengthen this person? So that it need, the prayers asking are driven by love for our neighbor. Mm. And it's not about me. It's about how do I bless other people and our neighbor is so our neighbor is the people we interact with the people anyone and everyone anyone who's near us around us that we live with or even further afield or we on the news yeah 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 and the middle so that so my first tip was to pray my second yep. tip is to just to have a pattern of reading and understanding and letting scripture transform us and we talked about this i would have two different things I would have and I would use the resources that our church and other churches provide use the John studies use and, and make sure that you do the questions that come at the end of them uh, be systematic and let don't just flick all over the place so do it like do John's gospel and get into it and at the same time use an app like uh, version or whatever it is, subscribe to that, let it send you scripture for every day, but don't have that alone. Have some way in which you're receiving scripture, but you're also studying scripture. And when you're studying scripture, you're saying, what does this teach me about God? What does this teach me about the way I need to live my life? And ask those two questions and make sure that the Bible is feeding you and that you are beginning to know what the Bible would say. So that's my second top tip. And if you do that, go on. No, go on. If you do that, that would lead you to the third tip, is that, yeah, is that is the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is to love. Jesus is asked, what is the whole thing about? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. John says, you cannot say you love God if you do not love your neighbor. Paul says, if you speak in the tongues of angels, if you can have faith that move mountains, but you have not love, you are nothing. So the third top tip is you concentrate on how do I be a better person for the people around me? How do I love more? And that's not to earn God's love. That's not to get ourselves into heaven. But it is to become more like Christ. And you say, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I can be more like Jesus. I don't think you can grow as a Christian without prayer. I don't think you can grow as a Christian without Scripture. And I don't think you can grow as a Christian without a commitment to be a blessing and a, love, a more loving person to other people. And you just work on those three things. Going back to scripture, uh, we live in a very digital age. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, we had Bible study notes. Mm -hmm. And I always remember one of your uh, top tips was to cross out the date on them. Yep. Because if you miss a day, you feel really guilty that I've got to catch up on all of these things. And that same principle applies, doesn't it? That if we miss a day, if we miss two days, if we miss a week, don't give up. Mm. Go back to it and keep going. Would you also suggest that you actually have a physical copy of the Bible as well as a digital copy? Or do you think that's not so important? I don't know. I don't know whether it is or it isn't. Um, 
to be honest. I think if you're a Kindle generation and you're just used to everything being digital, I think it's fine. We've got to remember, the early church didn't have Bibles. Mm. They, they didn't have individual Bibles. Mm. That was really one of the powers of the Reformation mm. when the printing press came in. You know, So for the vast majority of church history, people have not had their own Bible. What they did do, though, was to memorise a lot of yes. scripture so they would know it. So I that's think, the point, yeah, that we've you've got it that. in your mind and yes. in your heart. It yes. doesn't... Uh, and whether it's whether it's a Kindle version, I've got a Kindle Bible. Whether it's a U version, whatever, it doesn't matter. The advantage of a Kindle Bible, which was like three pound twenty-five, is that you've got it when you're offline. You've got it wherever you are. You don't need to be in Wi-Fi to read the Bible. Another message in. As part of a youth leadership team a few years ago, we taught the young people a good way of remembering what to ask, to pray about, to bring long-lasting joy. So they use the word joy as an acronym. Joy. Joy. It's all about joy, isn't it? So the J stands for Jesus. Pray thanking Jesus about all he has done for us and ask him for his forgiveness. O, what do you think the O stands for? Others. Yes. Pray for others, asking for help, and be thankful for them. Why? Yourself. Very good. You're on it, aren't you? Uh, pray for yourself. Ask God to help you be alongside you through things, and thank him for loving you no matter what. They've put hope that helps someone somewhere. I don't know who sent that in, but thank you ever so much for that. Do you think as well, we've just mentioned it before with the question about church. Where does church fit in? Where do small groups fit in to someone that's just become so, a Christian? Uh, yeah, we should say that really is the fourth thing that comes in there. I don't think the Bible was ever really intended to be just you on your own. It's intended to be taught. It's intended to be discussed. It's intended for people to say, what have you done about this? So I th think that church is really important. But I think also that God has created us to not be able to fully love others and to fully be all that God intends us to be on our own. We are need, made to be part of a body, of a, of a community. So if we really want to bring God's love into the world, we need to partner with other Christians. You just can't do that on your own. And, and, I, and, and the fundamental shift, you know, the question is what, where do we go as a Christian? And increasingly, I am uncomfortable with the word Christian because it's only ever used once or twice in the Bible. The real word is, is a follower mm -hmm. or a disciple. Mm -hmm. And to be a follower of Jesus is something that we do with other people. Mm. It's a community thing. So that we say, come and meet this other Christ Christian that mm -hmm. I know, this other follower that mm -hmm. I know. Come and meet this other disciple. Come and mm -hmm. learn from us together and the way we interact with each other. Mm. So I do think we need to be in community with other Christians. And I don't think we should be swapping around every time they don't do what we like and every time they don't agree with us. Uh, I think you commit to a family and there will be times when they irritate you. There will be times when they get it wrong. There times when we get it wrong. Lots of times when we get it wrong. And we can't just swap churches every five minutes. We commit to a group of people and we say, I'm going to love you. Now there comes a time when maybe we do have to move church because really the fundamental vision of where we're at is at odds with each other and, and I understand that. 
But there's a real danger with this sort of consumer culture. I flick channels every time I don't like what they're saying. Right. We commit to a group of people, ideally as near to you as possible, uh, who believe in Jesus, who believe in sharing Jesus in the way that, that we believe in sharing Jesus. And we put up with the things that they don't do very well, but we pray for them. And we become part of that culture. So I think that's really important. And if it's a church like us, it's too big just on a Sunday. So we find ways of being meeting with smaller people, not smaller people, smaller groups of people through the week. Smaller people. So they, yeah, so I would say you pray, you read scripture, you seek to love, and you join a community of Christians. So for people uh, in this area, in this local area, there's a couple of things that we're going to be starting in what was I say, August, in September. So for those that are trying to find out more about Christianity or have become a Christian and want to understand what it is that they believe, there's the Alpha Course. And then for those that are Christians, there is uh, Living the Life. Do you want to talk about both of those? Yeah, so Alpha is a course that Christians run in churches all over the world. It's proven, it's brilliant. We've been doing it for over 20 years. It, Alpha means beginnings. It's where you are at the beginning of your faith or your beginning of your exploring. We go through the beginnings of Christianity, what it, the fundamental um, beliefs that all Christians believe. But we do that in the context of food and relating together and ask any question you like. Don't have to be a believer, don't have to agree, don't have to understand things, just ask us. And that's where this questions of life came out, yeah. that we're used to it. And the reason why you've been able to ask me anything is that I've spent over 30 years just sitting with non-Christians mm -hmm. saying, ask me what you want. Mm. And all that you're getting in these questions of life is that fruit. Mm. So that's what we do on Alpha. You can ask anything. Mm. Really, really brilliant thing. I love it. It's what I'm about. Mm. So that's that. Uh, the same time we do live in the life. So I'll do Alpha, you'll do live in the life or the following week we swap over in the main. Living the life is for those who are new to our church but would come with faith and, and want to just understand what our vision is about, want to meet other people who are new to the church. It may be that you've moved into the area. It may be that the church you've been a part of is not able, as, as we recognise a lot of churches have, have, are and having to close through this pandemic. They just haven't been able to manage it. It may be that you realise that being a part of us is going to enable you to follow Jesus in a, in a new and different way. Living the life is just coming to meet with others in that same boat. And again, the same principle, asking me and you, what do you really mean by this? What is, how does that work? I've always wanted to understand this. So those are the two things that we do. Brilliant. There's details of that on our website. There'll be details in our weekly email. Lots of things there. Another message has come in. Joy Taylor. Hi again. Coming up on Steve and Kath. She, I think she could actually beat them, to be fair. Okay. Hi again. I'm sending this on behalf of Janice. Janice is her sister. Mm. She says, I don't say much at the best of times, so I will keep it short now. Just to say thank you, and I remember you always in my prayers. By the way, I believe dogs go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Love, Janice, the sane sister is how she has... Uh, Thank you, Janice. Got another message in as well. 
Lisa Hodge, hi. Just listening to this, one thing I would say is yes, to thank Jesus for what he is doing in my life is so important, even if I can't see immediate changes. I pray for others as well, and others pray for me. I also ask Jesus to help me when times get difficult, and when I see a result, I thank him for what he has done in my life. Brilliant. So there's really interesting things there, isn't there? Sometimes Mm -hmm. you see the answers Mm -hmm. to your prayer and what Mm -hmm. God's doing. Sometimes you don't, but Lisa doesn't give up. Mm -hmm. Keeps on going, keeps Mm -hmm. on trusting, which is really, really important and fantastic. Thank you ever so much. And just to reiterate, even though we're not going to be doing questions of life, that level of interaction through messages will continue at 8.30 every Sunday. People want to Yeah, and there'll be the... Do you want to talk about what we're doing in our evening service? So in the evenings... uh, so I'm going to, I and others, but I'll do, the majority will teach and I'll teach in the morning and then I'll do it again in the evening. But in the evening, after we've taught, if people want to ask the question in the morning or ask the question through the day or ask a question during the evening, what did you mean by that? What about this? How does that work? Then you or others are going to put those questions to me or to the other preachers and we'll sit down in a similar context. This All of that then is videoed and will be available a few days later on our website. So you get the sermon and real, real people saying, what did you mean by that? And then about once every half term? Then we will do it a whole sermon and time will be questions of life. So we'll take a subject and we'll do it like this. If you're in the room, you can ask questions all the way through. Otherwise, it'll be out. We'll put up again on the video. It'll be in the, this part of our website as a video, some of the subjects that we haven't done. So both of those will be part of our evening services. So there'll be worship and other yeah. things as part of that. Yeah. But we'll let people know when those are coming up. Yeah. The first one is, is next Sunday evening, isn't it? Sunday week. Sunday week. Well, that is next Sunday to me. But yeah, Sunday week, because that's this Sunday. And that's next Sunday. Right, okay, so we've had lots of messages about animals and everything else. Um, Can I just say thank you to everybody's care and love. I do appreciate that, how loved me and my dog are, and it's it's tremendously moving to me. And I can also say that I've had so many people were glad I went to the football, and I just am touched that people care and weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So thank you to everyone. I think we are very blessed with the community that we have. Mm. I think it's very caring and very supportive. Mm. I think it's fantastic. Message, will there be anything for those that have been a Christian for a while but often find themselves stuck in a rut with their faith? So I hope that what we do on a Sunday in our teaching and the videos, so the teaching will go up online. I hope that that will be of value to that. I will finish John, I think, and I'm trying to find a way of doing that. So the, the, the studies in John that I'm doing. Yeah, no, when are you going to finish it is what I'm looking at you with it. Uh, well, sooner or later, it's just going to be finished. This year, next year? I don't know. Kay. But my intention is to, to keep producing those videos as much as I'm able. So those videos are standalone studies. You're working your way through the book of John's Gospel. Yeah, and they're a little bit deeper. They, they're, they're intentionally a little bit deeper for people. That, I'm not trying to justify why God loves us or whatever. I'm trying to go a little bit deeper. So I would hope that that stuff is for, for, for the, the, the message that's come in. That, 
the combination of what we are doing in church and those John studies, I hope. Periodically, we'll do things like, next term, we've got the creation care course. Yep. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So we want to, we've invited some friends uh, from another church who are going to come and lead us for a few Wednesday nights uh, at the same time as Alpha and Living the Life, but... And there's an encouragement to, to hear their talk and then discuss that in groups. We're going to encourage small groups, house groups, to come and do that together, but also people who are not part of a group or whose group aren't coming to come and uh, listen to the teaching on what are the implications. If God is the creator, how does that change the way I live? How does that affect how I live? What, what does that mean for me? So they'll start with the biblical this is what the Bible says, which is then the springboard for why we do things, the inspiration. Then they will bring it down. So they'll look at what can we do as an individual and a family? What can we do in our workplace? What can we do as a church? It'll be very practical, very hands-on. I think it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. I think it starts on the 15th of September. I think it runs two weeks, and then it has a bit of a break. Then two weeks, a break, two weeks and a break, I think. But there will be details of that out and about. So things like that I'd encourage people to come along to or get your small group to come along to because it's just a different perspective, different teaching. That will fire you up and fuel you uh, and, and will hopefully help you. Mm. Um, top three tips quickly for someone that who has been a Christian for a while. What do they do? How do they keep on going and growing on their journey? Keep doing the other stuff. Keep praying. Yep. Keep letting scripture feed us. Keep seeking to love mm -hmm. and keep being in community. I think it's, it's beginning to identify and recognize what, what is the theme, the tune, the pattern, the gifting in my life mm -hmm. and how do I serve and how do I use that? So again, we've talked about this before, but I think there is there are times in our life when we are called to, to do the dirty jobs that need doing, and I call that serving. Mm -hmm. And there are times when we are to use the gifts and the resources and the talents that God has given us, and I would call that calling or vocation. Those need to be in balance as much as we can. Yeah. And by balance, I think that the using our gifts outweighs just doing what's difficult and there needs to be a space in our life where we do what's difficult. And there needs to be a space in our life where we do what God calls us. And then the third thing is there needs to be a space in our life where we rest and we refresh and we restore. And those three things need to be in balance as you go forward. So I would say to established Christians, do you know where you're using your gifts? Do you know what God... Are you a listener? Are you a practical person? Are you a prayerful person? Are you a creative person? Are you um, passionate about children, passionate about the elderly, passionate about those that are unwell? Where is it that you're using your gifts? Where is it that you're just serving because your feet need washing? And where is it that you're being refreshed and restored? And those three things need to be in equilibrium. So that's my top tip. My second top tip is to recognize that we're all going to go through wilderness. Mm -hmm. We're all going to go through times when it's really tough. Mm. We don't know where God is, mm. where the land seems dry, and where we cling on through faith. We're all going to go through times of suffering, of persecution physically or spiritually, where it just seems hard to hang on and to keep going. 
and where all we can do is stand. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's okay just to stand. It, we don't have to run all the time. We certainly don't have to dance all the time. Mm -hmm. So when the, when the rain stops, when the fig tree is withering, when it feels like we don't know where God is, hang on. Mm. Don't give up. Mm. Hold on. And step by step, we just keep telling God how we feel. We just keep trying to let Scripture come into our life. Even if we don't feel it's saying anything to us, we keep it coming. Mm. And we keep on trying to love our neighbor. Mm. And we don't turn away from the Christian community. Mm. We don't say, I'm never going to go there anymore. We don't say, I'm not going to speak to these people anymore. We just mm. keep those four things going and we say, it's okay to walk through the wilderness. It's okay to walk through the valley. It's okay to be where we feel it's just all dry bones. And God will walk through us with us. He will be the shepherd. He will not leave us. He mm. will never forsake us. We will walk through a flood, but mm. we won't drown. We mm. will walk through fire, but we won't burn. I think, as I often say, disillusionment occurs when you start with an illusion. If we expect life to be easy, nothing's ever going to go wrong. It's all going to be fine and dandy. We're going to end up questioning the whole thing. I say to the mature Christian, go through the wilderness go through the valley and keep on with God. Mm. Don't give up on him. Mm. You may not be able to dance, but as, as Lisa says, you just look for where you can be thankful. Yeah. You just look for the little things you can say, God is still doing this. Um, it's, uh, where is it? Is it Haggai? Though the fig tree withers and the, there's no fruit, still I will praise God mm. and just have that pattern of, of prayer and gratitude mm. without the expectation that I've got to dance. All, I've, all God asks of me is I stand. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, rest, service, vocation, calling, try and have them in balance. But there may be a season where we, we can't serve mm. and we are just it's hard, mm. but that's okay. Mm. We may be in the Garden of Gethsemane and we, what is going on, God? Mm. And yet we say, yet not my will, but yours. Mm. Carry on. I'm not going to give up. I will not give up. Mm. Brilliant. Finally, what would you say to those who have had a faith, have still got a faith, but have feel that they've gone off on their own, that they've made decisions and choices that have taken them away from God. Maybe they're feeling guilty, maybe they're feeling unworthy. A little bit like Adam and Eve in the, the Garden of Eden. Uh, once they'd made a mistake, they hid from God because pff, can't face him now. What would you say to that group of people? There's no way you can run that God won't welcome you as soon as you come back. The, the story that we're familiar with perhaps is the story of of the son who takes his inheritance and wastes it all and, and the father who's clearly representing God is waiting and watching for his return. That's the metaphor. God is waiting and watching for us to come back. It doesn't matter where we've gone, where we've messed up, what choices we've made that are foolish. 
he will have us back. Um, and it may be that we've been hurt by church. It may be that we've been hurt by Christians. It may be that we've been hurt and we're struggling to forgive. We're struggling to let go. I believe that God wants to, let, to, to heal the damage that's gone on. That doesn't mean it goes away. We talked about restoring recently. It doesn't mean that it's forgotten. But the, the wound begins to, to recover. And there may be a scar. Some of us may be covering, carrying scars, carrying things the way we've been treated by other people. And God wants us to be able to move on mm -hmm. and not to stay in that place of anger and of reopening the wound all the time. And God is the God who redeems, who restores, who rebuilds, who starts again. Mm. I don't think God ever had one plan for our life. He's the God that interacts with us. He wants us to change. He wants us to be saved. And wherever we meet with him, he will rebuild the plan. Mm. He will restart something new. He will heal the hurts and he will do something different that's beautiful, that brings joy out of the ashes. Yeah. So in all of these groups, God is for us. God loves us. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that we can do to change that. He invites us to come, whether it's for the first time, for the hundredth time, there is always forgiveness. There's always a fresh start. There's always love. There's always affirmation. There's always the title of, you are my children, mm -hmm. precious and dearly loved. Nothing is ever going to change that. Mm. And that's the wonderful truth of Christianity. It's that admit. The moment we admit, he says, come on, let's sort this out. Perfect. Always. Thank you. Thank you guys ever so much for tuning in and watching us this evening. I hope it's been helpful. We have uh, established that that Joy has moved up quite high on the yeah. leaderboard, but I still think Steve might have won. So uh, congratulations to Steve. You are the uh, Texterina champion of questions of life. There'll be a suitable prize uh, for you. We'll think of something uh, appropriate, but well done. Um, can I say thank you for joining with us these past few uh, months? I've loved it. He's hated it. It's been uh, fantastic to... Uh, to be <laughs> to be with you.